Hello, my fellow Stoics, and welcome to the Stoic Sage Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Vargas. This podcast series utilizes knowledge and wisdom originating from ancient Athens, the birthplace of Stoicism created by Zeno himself, to empower those today with the goal of bringing about how to think rather than what to think. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, and remember to keep in mind that a Stoic should always test their mental impressions. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Solomon. Hello, my fellow Stoics. Now, I want to preface by saying I am not a love guru, but I have been with my partner for about 10 years now and applying stoicism to my life and into my relationship. I have learned a lot of things on this journey. I've overcome a lot of hurdles with her and learned more about myself than ever before. Now, as a stoic you know, we have to understand that we gain knowledge from everywhere, everything, and everyone. The things we learn don't always have to be right. We may instead sometimes find ourselves learning what not to do. So let's discuss being a stoic in a relationship, both entering and maintaining. One of the first things to recognize about yourself as a stoic when entering or maintaining relationships is that conditions that you live within reveal you to yourself. As Stoics, we understand that we are creatures of habit and going into relationships with people will reveal a lot of habits, conditions, and trauma that you have had before you entered the relationship. So it's important to keep in mind that we are both being and becoming how you and how you measure the success of your relationships is to be able to identify why you do the things that you do and successfully address them with your partner. The big news flash is that you will never meet somebody perfect and setting the expectation that they must be a certain way or at a certain position in their life is pure rubbish and it's it's judgmental you grow together to continue to become the best versions for one another and in some cases you may not meet somebody at their perfect moment in their lives but you know there are certain criteria that you look for and sometimes they may not be fully cooked <laughs> as people but good character, good morals, good ethics, you know, other things that make a good person uh, are, are more often important. And then what you grow together, you know, if, if they, I, it, it's this idea of like, oh, I don't date potential. I hear that a lot. And it's like, well, first and foremost, before you judge somebody else, are you perfect? Or do you believe that you are perfect for somebody else right now? Because the answer is no, you are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But for them to be, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody is potential, you know, 
there is the potential to become a great partner for somebody, just as there is potential for that person to be a great partner for you. That's the human condition. That's something that we have to accept. You grow together. You are both being and becoming. So when it comes to you individually, you must expect yourself or ourselves to be imperfect, both being and becoming as a natural part of entering and maintaining a relationship. You may not notice some of your habits that your partner finds unsavory just yet. And for your partner, for example, to feel safe and loved, he or she may call you out to prevent further issues and vice versa, obviously. But a lot of times it's within your response, within your control, within the things that are within your control uh, should be discussed with your partner, right? That's really where the both being, but the becoming part of it comes into play. It's not about whether or not he or she is wrong to call you out or to, or, or, or to figure out, okay, well, what is it that, um, that you're not understanding of me? That's not really the point. But it's to understand the point of connection that may be suffering within the relationship. If your response is to be right or to feel humiliated, then the situation should be seen as a point of revelation instead. Instead of feeling humiliated and, uh, or to feel right. So the becoming part, when you accept that, that you are becoming, you should look to maybe why do I get mad or defensive when I'm called out? Where is the root to that response that I generally have? Did I maybe not feel heard or understood as a child? Then look to rectify the habit with proper adjustments, not just for them, it's not about changing yourself for them, but for improving yourself. And again, not just for them, because if it doesn't work out with that relationship, you're going to have to learn those things about yourself with somebody else. And you will have to make proper adjustments with somebody else that you're willing to change for or willing to adjust for. That's, that is an example of being and becoming. For some people, whether it be because of trauma or fear, it is generally difficult to enter relationships. As a Stoic, we always mentally prime our lives, prime our situations in productive ways. Productive being allowing the brain to do what it is naturally inclined to do, which is fear setting or adding a layer of predictability and preparing for each course accordingly, whether it be for the good or for the bad. Accept its potential outcomes and tell yourself that you, your person, your mind can get through it with or without that person. Accept the fate in whichever way it comes. So here's an example. Think to yourself before you enter a potential relationship of all the bad possible outcomes. Which ones can you say that you will never tolerate or that you are fearful of? Then think of all the amazing outcomes. Hold on to the good as preferred 
indifferences. Now go back to the bad outcomes, the dispreferred indifferences. With this information in mind, as you accept the relationship, walk through this relationship with rose-colored sunglasses, that being assuming that the good will happen. But if the bad outcomes ever occur, you will remember in that moment that you can make a mature decision to leave the relationship or decide if the issues themselves can be solved together. Now, this is sound information to accept whether you're single or entering a relationship, but let's focus on the single and ready to mingle a little bit more. We all know that no relationship is perfect, nor will it make you a better person, especially if you're not willing to reveal yourself to yourself. Let's discuss game. This, now, I know this topic seems to get people fired up at times, and now... Here's the thing. Game works, unfortunately. We're humans. In a lot of ways, we're very predictable, which is why game works the way that it does. The problem I have and that the creator of game actually has is the fact that game doesn't teach you how to maintain the relationship, only how to get one. Of course, I have my own criticisms about game to begin with as well, as I'm sure Many of you who rolled your eyes at me even mentioning it also have. <laughs> Namely because game is predicated on the idea of war, strategic implementation of actions and reactions. This is true and useful for the most part. However, it is rooted in manipulation because that's what strategic warfare is also based on, manipulation of the enemy. So while it works... It's also a poison that you have to accept. The thing is, because it, it, it teaches you to gain relations with people, but you're constantly at war, so to speak. The only thing that you know then is strategy, is manipulation to get what you want. The downside, obviously, to this is that you're always at war. You'll never know peace and love, which aren't always constant in a loving relationship, of course, but it's an overarching goal when you're in one. The war that takes place within the relationship is then or should then be transformed into war against the problems now, us versus the problem. Game does not teach you this, which is why perpetual game users can't maintain relationships because all they know is now game. So, that's my main criticism of it. It doesn't teach you how to maintain it. And while it's good, useful as far as tools and strategy goes, because uh, when you are single and ready to mingle, you do have to be strategic in your approach. It works. But there is a downside to it that, that we all have to accept and, you know, learn the, the things that you shouldn't do. That's where wisdom comes from as a Stoic. So for a Stoic to enter a relationship, it's always best to live your life with integrity in how you choose to present yourself. You can always use some game. That is wisdom, after all. But it should not represent who you are. Do so instead with kindness and humility. Think of the virtues we stand by. 
I wouldn't want to be manipulated for, for physical gain. So why would I do it to someone else? That is justice, acting in a just manner. For courage, it takes courage to put yourself out there and understand your role in the play, that play being life, your role in the dynamic of being single. For example, as a man, there are certain characteristics that are more attractive to display. Understand that reality and represent it with integrity. It is the reality of man, after all, to be rejected more so than he is accepted. This is why dating culture is dominated by men approaching the woman. A woman has her own reality to also accept, though, the forms of which she displays that will attract a specific man. Her reality is to filter through men who she is willing to accept, which can be tiresome, you know. Have grace for one another's reality in the dating world. Moderation is absolute key as well. That you do not become jaded by your own reality. And instead, accept it wholeheartedly. For your fate is destined by your actions. Keep your head held high and glory comes. The ideal partner. If your head hangs low, you may become an incel and or your worst fears of loneliness are set in stone. The law of assumption. Now, when you finally choose that partner, just as I mentioned that you are both being and becoming, so too is he or she. You may find that you will trigger that partner and they will trigger you. You should want to be with somebody you are okay with being triggered by so you can do the difficult work of addressing the problems together, individually being and becoming, and then both being and becoming. And with that, my fellow Stoics, thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help out the show. If you would like to check out some Stoic Sage merch or read the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. I wish you well, fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood.